We welcome you into another episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. This spring, when we last checked in with Jim Ward, partner at RSM, the world was a very different place. Inflation, commodity prices, and geopolitical conflicts and macroeconomic forces had not yet rankled the industry. What a difference a few months make. Today's conversation with Jim will bring us up to speed on the latest supplier earnings reports and are a snapshot of where the industry is today. The issues are many. Supply chain challenges, inflation and material price increases, ongoing electrification adjustments, and labor market supply are all forming the backdrop of robust consumer demand. Amidst all of the issues, suppliers are positioning for the future with a great deal of trepidation. Forecasts for electric vehicles continue to rise, and the transition away from internal combustion is happening at a furious pace. So what should suppliers expect in the months to come, and how will all of this disruption affect planning? Jim Ward returns as a guest today on the program to discuss the factors that are weighing heavily on the supply base. He's a partner at RSM, and he's my guest on this week's episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. It's a great pleasure to have my friend Jim Ward back on the show. How are you, Jim? Doing well, Jason. How are you? Good. Uh, we haven't talked in a few months. It's seemingly nothing's changed in that period of time. Um, let's start off with what you're hearing or or what you've learned from some of the latest quarterly supplier earnings reports. Let's let's get into the meat of 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 what you're. I would say uh, what what brings the most attention um, to you when you examine what you're hearing. Sure. It's, you know, I think a, a good place to uh, start maybe is is just stepping back and maybe looking around as to where we actually are in the in the industry right now. So from a supplier standpoint, an industry standpoint, you know, we're looking at a SAR that is now less than 13.5 million vehicles, which I think is always surprising. And, you know, it's not that many years ago where it was uh, millions of vehicles greater than that. Um, you know, and on top of that, we're seeing the the continued elimination of vehicle um, vehicle production schedules. I think the latest I saw was uh, nearing three million vehicles that were projected to be eliminated or had been eliminated, and by the end of the year, an expectation that you know that number was going to be closer to four million on a on a global basis, with the greatest share of that being you know, in the US, uh, as well as as Europe, both uh, accounting for a, around a million vehicles each. So it's, it's impactful just starting with that. Uh, but from a, you know, talking to suppliers and and reading the, uh, you know, the analyst reports and earnings releases, you know, the, the themes that come through are the suppliers continue to see erratic production schedules, right? The, you know, that along with production mix, production mix changes uh, is just leading to this ongoing uncertainty and challenging suppliers with their forecasting. So, you know, in response, they're doing what they can. And that's, you know, some will just say they're they're focusing on the things that they, that they can focus on and control and, and moving forward with that. But, you know, of course, vehicle, electric vehicle demand and forecasts continue to increase. Um, the other thing I think about is just from an economic standpoint, maybe we didn't talk about that as much last time, but um, when we look at, at inflationary pressures right now, that's of course the, uh, the term we're hearing every, every single day is inflation. And that's really coming through in, in the automotive space with utilities and, and freight as well as labor. 
on top of that, we have monetary policy. So we've had a, a number of, of Fed meetings now and rate changes that are impacting the uh, the investments that that uh, that companies are making and certainly making those more costly. Uh, and then the labor market itself just remains very tight. Uh, I think, you know, most, if not all suppliers are feeling that and seeing it. Um, and then lastly, I would just say that the other topic, maybe on top of all of that is just ESG. I think that is, it's a topic that is, uh, continues to be talked about. I, you know, as I read it, it, I think companies are more and more leaning into that. So maybe not the focus of of today's discussion, but I think you do see that with in amongst everything with respect to you know carbon footprint diversity and you know this overall EV focus. So I'll we talked a that. lot. Yeah, that, that's a long list. Obviously, yeah. all of those things are are fairly disconcerting. When when you think about uh, if we break break these down, just you know piece by piece. One item related to uh, production capacity is also logistics. Are we seeing any um, relief there? Well, I think it's uh, yes. It, it's it's improving. I think that's that's what comes through. I think uh, you know from a supply chain standpoint, you know companies are looking at uh, how to improve things. We had you know port challenges uh, much worse uh, three months ago than they are now not that you know that they're uh, all resolved by any means but it, companies are looking at, at different ports and different ways to to obtain the materials that they need challenges came out of that of course just with the the uh, covid lockdowns in china uh, as well so some some disruption there that was ongoing but the, just this the you know this whole aspect of reshoring or thinking about uh, their own um, supply chain footprint and and negotiations or who their suppliers are that they're that they're leaning into. I think all those things are on the table for for discussion and evaluation and are are happening in real time. When does relief come in terms of the supply chain issues or um, you know issues related to the uh, chip shortages. There's, there's a lot of conversation about chips and and, and about the yeah. of them, but where, where where's the relief valve there? Well, the relief, you know, what I hear is it's the relief will continue. It's that's going to go on into 2023. I think we're going to continue to have some of these conversations at at some level. Uh, it's not going to be resolved entirely uh, in the next 12 months. I don't anticipate. Uh, from a semiconductor standpoint, it's the same, uh, very similar. I will say to that that it that it's improving. I think there will continue to be challenges. You know, we see great news with with uh, uh, you know the 52 billion dollar uh, Chips Act and what that might mean for the industry. But that's that's not going to solve the uh, the challenges of of today. Uh, it's just going to create a, a a hopefully brighter future. You mentioned the murkiness around electrification and uh, in- increasing demands around the production of electric vehicles, or at least schedules that 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 could be forecast or, or that are being forecast for the next year or two. Where are we on that, and how are suppliers preparing for that shift? A lot of conversation about this in the last twelve months. Absolutely. Well, it's continuing to build. I think, you know, if we looked back a year, I don't know if anyone would have predicted it would have been as as uh, as hot as it is right now or as, you know, both from the, you know, the OEM and supplier standpoint and customers, quite frankly, um, leaning into that. And of course, there are a lot of things that have gone into that from a, an energy perspective to make people think that 
today maybe is the right time to think about uh, moving to electric. So, but from the supplier side, you know, I talk to those uh, that are, I mean, we have so many, right, that are, that may be able to say they are uh, propulsion agnostic, that, that there are aspects of what they do, whether it's, you know, suspension or interiors or things like that, that whether it's an ICE vehicle or an EV vehicle, they'll be able to balance that out. But there's still, um, and you see it in the, 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 uh, the earnings transcripts of, of these R&D investments that are being made in EV specifically going forward. So I think it's, it's, the, it's the balance between the two for many of the suppliers. It's, it's staying relevant today in ICE vehicles, but making those investments in EVs going forward. On inflation, uh, material price increases. Where are we at now with material prices? Well, again, that is that is one that uh, I think almost uh, every report I read had some mention with respect to material price increases. Certainly, working with uh, their customers, the OEMs, and in sharing some of the burden that that is happening there, uh, that will continue. Interestingly, some that I've spoken with, I think, see that as a you know, the, let's say the window of time or those discussions that, that have occurred in 2021 and thus far into 2022, uh, what's the, what is the long range uh, sustainability of the OEMs continuing to lean in and, and support the supply base? So I think there, there will be a lot of uh, conversation that continues on into the future with respect to uh, how, those, how those cost burdens are, are shared. And I think the challenge, obviously, is looking at the profitability of the OEMs at the same time. Right, exactly, which has been um, um, at some levels historic and at other levels a little bit challenging um, throughout the last quarter. Another great challenge, a final challenge that I just want to touch on is the labor market. And you you, uh, mentioned labor market supply. And I know in talking to suppliers over the course of the last 12 months, this has been a, a very difficult issue to get their arms around. So what other color do you have there? Well, the... It is a challenge. It'll continue to be a challenge, uh, not only for for the automotive industry, but for all industries. I think one of the things that that we have seen from a labor standpoint, when you look at automotive, is labor cost increases. So think about the increasing salaries of your employees. Uh, when you look across industries, those increase increases are lower within automotive than others. So I think the the attraction and let's say another challenge that the industry has is is likely uh, greater challenges in the compensation that that are being offered to new labor. I think there's there's some level of of reluctance, obviously, um, in that competition of talent, um, whether it's skilled trades or or others uh, within automotive versus other industries. A long list of things that we will be looking at as the quarters continue to roll on and as the industry adjusts to all of these disruptive factors. Jim, you've put it in great context. I very much appreciate you being on the program again. Absolutely, Jason. I uh, appreciate uh, joining you today. Great. Thanks. We will talk to you again soon. All right. Take care. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. And thanks again to my guest, Jim Ward, partner at RSM. And thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time. (laughs) 